and um, want to get your Bibles ready, perhaps you can um, uh, go to Romans chapter 14. Romans 14 and verse 17. Romans 14, 17, Paul makes a statement about the kingdom of God. And he says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's the section I want to focus on this morning, is that the kingdom of God is located in the Holy Ghost. So where is the kingdom of God? We, we know where the headquarters to Apple is. We know where the headquarters to Google is. We know where the headquarters of ExxonMobil and Shell Oil and some of these other companies, they have facilities that are locatable. You can go there and everything that they do is housed in their facilities. And of course, these major corporations have facilities located all over the place. Um, uh, Marty and Antonio work for Raytheon, and they have a big, big facility here in the Clearwater area, but they also have facilities all over the U.S. and in Canada. And if you go to their facilities, you'll see what they do, because everything they do is done under that facility. Well, where is the kingdom of God? Where is it housed? Where, where is the facility? The Bible says... The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the facility of the kingdom of God. And I'd like you to just say that with me one time and just kind of get it cemented in your mind. The Holy Spirit is the facility of the kingdom of God. That means that... that um, all the functions of the kingdom of God are housed under the roof of the Holy Spirit. Where do all those things that are functions of the kingdom, and think with me about a few of the functions of the kingdom of God. Uh, fellowship between God and his people. One of the functions of the kingdom of God is the deliverance and salvation of the lost. Intercessory transactions. When we're on our face praying intercessory prayer, we've been praying for our nation. And uh, those, those intercessory prayers meet up with the Holy Spirit. Transactions take place and assets from the treasure chest of God's promises are released and they go into the earth. Where, do, where is that storehouse? Where does that take place? The, the manifestation of Jesus' authority and his power. Where's that housed? Where's that power plant? It's in the Holy Spirit. Finally, spiritual warfare. When we're involved in binding the enemy and praying, where is the kingdom housed? It's in the Holy Spirit. So as you can see, unlike Apple and Google, the kingdom of God has a very, very high-tech, very moldable, very mobile facility. Glory to God. And hopefully we are one of those facilities for the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? So all of these activities of the kingdom, they take place where? In the Holy Spirit. If you want to say, oh, um, I would love to have lived back in the days of the apostles. Well, I've got good news for you. Praise the Lord. They're gone. 
but the Holy Spirit is still here, and he's the facility they entered into where they saw all those things happen, and the Holy Spirit's here. We can enter into the facility of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? God is still doing all those things. The kingdom hasn't changed. In fact, Jesus said in Luke, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And what Jesus was saying was saying the finger of God represents the, the putting forth of God's power, the putting forth of his authority. In other words, he was describing the Holy Spirit. And he was saying, when you see the Holy Spirit putting his finger on a situation, breaking Satan's hold off of people and delivering them, demons being cast out, you are seeing the kingdom of God. So wherever the Holy Spirit is operating, the kingdom of God is operating. Folks, we must receive the Holy Spirit in order to enter the kingdom of God. And more than that, we must stay filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit for the power of the kingdom to function in our lives. And I've been teaching now for several months on the authority and the power and the attributes and the characteristics of the kingdom of God. But it's come down to the point where I hope you're thirsty and longing because if you are, I'm pointing you this morning to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is how the church got into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And it's how you and I will get into the kingdom of God. And if we're going to walk in the kingdom of God, and if America is going to be saved and turned around, if the lost are going to come to Christ, we are going to need to go back to the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Because that is where the kingdom is operating. Can you say amen? amen. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not a one-time check in your religious box. I got the Holy Ghost back in... 19 whatever, but it is a lifelong, continuous experience of overflows and refillings. The Holy Spirit wasn't just poured out one time in Acts chapter 2. Yes, the Holy Spirit is in the world, but that outpouring and infilling has taken place millions of times since then in places, hallelujah, all over this world. And it's the will of God for us to experience throughout our life continuous fillings and constant overflows. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise now, Paul talked about it in Ephesians chapter 5 when he said, Be not drunk with wine, which, which is, leads to a carnal excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking among yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody from your heart to the Lord. So he said, look, when you get together, praise the Lord. Just get into praise, begin to worship him, and you will experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. Look, if we're singing songs and we're not getting filled with the Holy Spirit, something's wrong with our singing. Because if we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing in the Spirit, lifting up psalms to the Lord, singing the word, delivering our soul to God in praise and worship. Hallelujah. Nothing goes up in the form of praise that the anointing does not come down. God is looking to pour out His Spirit. So Paul was saying we should be constantly and continuously filled. I would um, 
I would say that a, a church gathering or a service is a failure by kingdom of God standards if people aren't being filled with the Spirit. If people come in who are saved or unsaved, and the unsaved don't get saved, or the saved leave and they're not filled with the Spirit, then something was wrong with that service by the kingdom of God standards. Praise the Lord. In fact, I'm going to say this this morning because it needs to be said, it needs to be identified. The neglect of preachers getting in the pulpit and calling people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit has left the church unprepared, unfocused, and too weak to prevent the outpouring of the spirit of Antichrist that we right now see flooding our nation. Amen. Satan's opportunity. He's been trying for decades, for, for a couple hundred years, to take America, to take our land, and to remove the glorifying of Jesus Christ boldly and openly in our nation. And he's been looking for that opportunity and planning for it, waiting. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for the church to go to sleep on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He was waiting for believers to stop breathing in the breath of heaven instead of toking on the weed of the world, if you will. That toxic fume of popular culture that the church has been breathing in. We need to get back to the oxygen of power. We need to get back to breathing in the Holy Spirit. Pastors ought to be getting in their pulpits and uh, announcing Jehovah Nissi, the banner over us, the open heaven. He is Jesus who came for what purpose? To fill us with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again. One of the worst things that ever happened to the Pentecostal church and the charismatic movement, the full gospel movement, is that they relegated the baptism in the Holy Spirit to an experience. And so people, after they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was an awesome day, that Sunday five people got filled with the Spirit. It was just wonderful. It was great. But after everybody in church has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we stop because we think they've got it. Oh, they've got it. Well, that was last week. God only knows what they've been through in the past week. We need to be refilled again and again and again. Can you say amen? amen. First John 4, 4. First John 4, 4, we all know it. It says, you have overcome those who are of the spirit of Antichrist, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit is he who is in me. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples when they were pleading with him, don't go, don't leave us. He said, I don't, have no intention of leaving you. But it's absolutely necessary, he said in John 16, 7, that I go. For if I go, I will send the Comforter. I'll send the Holy Spirit, and he will abide with you. He will fill you again and again. He will overflow you. Hallelujah. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to have communion through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the one who is in me. The Holy Spirit. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one in you. We focused on getting the Spirit instead of being filled with the Spirit. Paul in Ephesians, when he said, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, and spiritual songs, he wasn't talking about getting the Holy Spirit. He was talking about drinking. How many of you have drank water? How many times have you drank water in your life? Do you intend to drink water again? Why do you drink water again? You've had it. You know what it tastes like. You've got the water. Because you need it constantly. You're thirsting. Praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is that living water. And, and uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a life experience that should be continuing to happen again and again. Can you say amen? amen. So look. We overcome the world. We overcome the world by constantly refilling, refocusing, and re-engaging with the Holy Spirit in the fight of faith. It's that constant being refilled that causes us to overcome the world. He who is in you, the Holy Spirit, he is greater because he's the spirit of resurrection. And he's constantly reviving us. You remember in Romans chapter 8 that the Apostle Paul said, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he will make alive your mortal body. In other words, while you're in your mortal bodies, the Holy Spirit wants to make that body alive. When you get broken down, when you get tired, when your mind gets worn down, your emotions get frazzled. The Holy Spirit is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which means... The Holy Spirit is one perpetual resurrection. He sees dead things, he raises them up. He sees dilapidated things, he breathes life into them. The Spirit of God is a spirit that is constantly wanting to revive us. No matter how many times you die, the Holy Spirit will raise you up. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you got it several years ago and you haven't been refilled since, you need to update yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. No matter how many times you die, the Holy Spirit will raise you up again. Listen, it's natural to wear out in life. It's part of life, but it's supernatural to be revived. And the Holy Spirit is God's supernatural answer for the natural wearing out that we experience in life. You all remember Ezekiel, I think it was the 38th chapter, as he stood over the valley of dry bones. Do you remember that story? And Ezekiel looks over the valley of, of dried, bleached bones. And the, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. God speaks to him and says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel looks at him, and he knows he's talking to God, so he says, well, you know the answer. He didn't want to commit himself and say, uh... They're dead. They're, they're dead. These bones don't live. They've, it's past. Their time to live has passed. And so he looks over the valley of dry bones, but he watches as God resurrects and reconstitutes a mighty army of God from the bleached dead bones from previous bygone battles. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit reanimated them with new life 
as they stood upon their feet. What was Ezekiel seeing when, when the Lord showed him that? He was seeing that when you're worn out and you ask of yourself, can these bones live? Do I have one more fight in me? Can I get up another day? Can I put a smile on my face? Can I praise God? Can these bones live? Well, if you let the Holy Spirit answer the question, the answer is most definitely a resounding, oh, yes, they can. Oh, but Lord, by now he stinketh. Using the King James vernacular, Jesus said, I'm here and I am the resurrection. It's the Holy Spirit's going to walk him out of that tomb. Praise God. We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit, people. Yes. Nehemiah. God tells Nehemiah, go back to Jerusalem. The city's totally destroyed. It's in a mess. The walls have been knocked down and burned with fire. And the whole city is a big trash heap. There's just piles of rubble. The old gates all burned. The metal parts lying around. The stones all broken up and, and charred with fire. But he, God puts in his heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So he sends Nehemiah back to Jerusalem. And Nehemiah rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem. But he doesn't go to a rock quarry and cut new stones. In fact, his enemies who are watching him, the enemies of Israel are watching, and they don't believe he's going to succeed. And they're trying to discourage him. And they say, there's just trash everywhere. Look at the heaps of, these old stones are all in the way. It sounds like some of the churches we've been through, doesn't it? And, uh, and, the, and the piles of stones, and so the, they, they complained to him. They said, you, we can't even work with all this trash around. Have you ever looked at your life, looked at your situation, said, God, there's more burnt about me than there is alive about me. I feel like I'm in, in a heap of rubbish. But the Bible says Nehemiah took those old burnt stones, he knocked all the char off of them, he took all the metal parts of the gates and remade gates and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem with the old burnt stones. Glory to God. And so what was God saying to Nehemiah and saying to us is that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he won't let you stay broken and in pieces. So if there's stuff about your life that's broken into pieces, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's your answer. God sent the prophet Nehemiah to the potter's house one day, said, I'm going to speak to you, and I want you to hear the word of the Lord. And I'll just read the account. It's out of Jeremiah 18. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. And so he reworked it into a different vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, O people of God, can I not do with you as this potter has done? declares the Lord, Behold, like the clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, O you people. Hallelujah. What's God saying? What did he say? What did he say to Jeremiah? What is he saying to you and I? He's saying that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, no imperfection can stop God from remaking you into a perfect vessel. 
We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's the facility of the kingdom of God. I always thought it was amazing that if God is the potter, if the Holy Spirit is the potter, and he forms a pot, yet the Bible says he's formed the pot, but it's marred, it's got imperfections. Have you ever said, you know, I got saved, I got filled with the Spirit, I've got a Bible, I've been reading, I go to church, and I still have problems. There's still imperfections. I'm in the hands of God, but there's stuff wrong with my life. And the Lord says, don't give up. I have no intention of leaving you in that condition. Well, what do I do? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. You need more. You need to be refilled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because what's going to happen is God's just going to fold you up, crush you, push all the air bubbles out, press his big thumbs down into the inside of your soul, and he's going to refashion you and make you into a different vessel. Hallelujah. If God used you years ago in a particular way, but now the world's changed. And in that particular way that he used you back then, it was awesome, it was wonderful, but this is a, this is a strange and new world. And you're looking around going, I don't think I'm the vessel for this. I don't know if this works. The Lord says, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost knows what to do with you. He's going to reform you into a vessel that'll work perfect for today. Can you say amen? Remember when Jesus was talking about the wineskins? Jesus said, I've got new wine. I'm bringing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But we can't put the new wine in old, dried-out wineskins. We need new wineskins. New wine needs to go in new wineskins because those old ones, they're stretched so thin, they're brittle. You put the new wine in, they're just going to break, and the wine's going to leak out all over the place. Do you remember that? Remember Jesus saying that? Let me tell you something. Glory to God. Jesus wasn't talking about replacing the wineskins. He was talking about renewing the wineskins. You say, I'm brittle. My day's gone. I'm all stretched out. As a wineskin, all you, all you can do is throw it away. But see, not with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought Lazarus. He was pretty worn out. And what did he do? Brought him back to life. So Jesus has no intention of throwing out the wineskins of yesteryear. He has every intention of making them new wineskins to hold today's new wine. Can you say amen? So when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you never stay stretched thin and brittle. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if you've ever felt that way, I want you to know you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So from Nehemiah's burnt stones to Ezekiel's dry bones, from Jeremiah's marred pot to Jesus' old wineskins, God is revealing that the Holy Spirit takes what's old, worn, marred, and dead, reconstitutes it, and puts it back into service for a new day, new hour, and a new purpose. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You see, he who is in you is greater not because he keeps you from wearing out through life, but because he regathers you when you've been scattered. He rebuilds you when you've been shattered. He refits you when you've been stretched out of shape. He redirects you after your wrong turns, and he revives you after you've died. How many of you said, how did you get through that? I just died. Before you leave this life, you will have died a hundred times. 
But the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of resurrection. The Spirit that wants to breathe new life into you. You see, Satan's plan is uh, to turn you into Lot's wife. How many of you remember Lot's wife who turned into a pillar of salt? Because she looked back at, at her precious Sodom and Gomorrah as the fire was falling. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Satan's plan... Satan's plan is to turn you into Lot's wife, to calcify you around your flaws. Too many Christians are not getting past their mistakes. They're not getting past their flaws. They're hardening. They're calcifying around their flaws. His plan is to turn you into a monument to your mistakes, a pillar of salt, a vibrant, living uh, woman whose daughters still needed him, needed her. But the devil was able to turn her into a pillar of salt. Are you hearing me this morning? Don't calcify around your flaws, around your faults, around your mistakes. The Holy Spirit is wanting to keep you supple, wanting to breathe life in you and to get you beyond those things. Can you say amen? He who is in you is greater because he will dislodge you from your mistakes, reshape, recharge, and reassign you and put you back into life. What does the church filled with people? Now, ours isn't that full this morning. We got a lot of people out. But hey, we have very capable people here. Um, What's it going to take to get the church reassigned today? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? You see, he who is in you is greater because he can make you overcome your own death and survive your own life. Hallelujah. How are you doing today? Well, if it wasn't for my life, I'd be doing great. You need to survive your own life. I'm just dying. Well, you need to overcome your death. The baptism in the Holy Spirit makes you survive your own life and overcome your own death. Can you say amen? Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Get baptized a thousand times. Before you leave this world. Don't die old and empty. Drive off with a full tank. Amen. Are you listening to me? It is not the will of God. Come on, John. Am I, t- am I preaching right? You have no intention of dying because you ran out of gas. Come on now. Listen to me. Praise the Lord. Don't die old and empty. Years may pile up. I have no intention of getting old. If you know me, you know that about me. I do not intend to get old. I fight it every day. You say, oh, what's your secret, the Holy Ghost? I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in my late teens, and something about me froze right there. I don't see any reason to go on. I don't see any reason to change my life from that point. You say, well, you need to grow. Well, that's your problem. You've grown out of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I haven't. I'm still filled with wonder at the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm still excited about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I still act like a fool for Christ when I'm alone at home praying and running around the house. Like I was just baptized in the Holy Ghost, getting a fresh overflow. Somebody say amen. 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 
You know, Satan thinks that he's got you dialed in. He really does. He sees the flaws, sees the, you're getting tired, the years have piled up, whatever. You know, you've had three or four, you know, involvements in ministry, but, you know, the, the, the world doesn't relate to you. you. You don't know if you can connect. The Holy Spirit has no problem connecting. The problem with connecting is not on the side of God, it's on the side of the world. Connecting with the world is not the problem. It's the world connecting with God. And the Holy Spirit's the one that's able to make that connection. Glory to God. You get a chipmunk. If you get a chipmunk saved and get him baptized in the Holy Ghost, he'll get people saved. Come on now. Hallelujah. God raised up a prophet jackass. We still have some of those today. That spoke to Balaam. If you could get a chipmunk saved and get him filled with the Holy Ghost, he would know how to get sinners to come to Jesus. You could run a chipmunk into a picnic full of the Holy Ghost, they'd get saved. It's the Holy Spirit that connects with people. We just need you, hallelujah, to be willing to be a chipmunk for Jesus. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. The devil thinks he's got you dialed in. He thinks you're Lot's wife. He sees the tendency to look over your shoulder. He sees the flaws, the mistakes that you make, and he intends to calcify you like hard rock salt around your failures and mistakes. Holy Spirit, you stay filled with the Holy Ghost. He's not going to let that happen. He can't let that happen. If you're marred, he's just going to remake you again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. You say, oh, well, will I be better? You'll be what's needed. And that's always better. Yes. You'll be what's needed. A vessel filled with the Holy Ghost is just fine. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So he thinks he's got you dialed in, but you know what Jesus said? Jesus said the wind, speaking of the Holy Spirit, blows wherever it will. And you hear the sound that it makes but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus wants to make you unpredictable. Je I didn't say undependable. I said un he wants to make you unpredictable. He wants to, to make you full of surprises. I think the thing that scared the devil about me when I was younger was you never knew what I was going to do. And that's a wonderful thing when you're detached, you don't have any responsibilities, you can just get a dream from God, jump out of bed and just run off. And there your family's like, where is he going? And you're just off, off and running. Baptism in the Holy Spirit will do that for you. You can do that in, in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and on. Come on now. All you need to do is be willing why are we not more filled with the Spirit? We have a willing problem. We have an issue about being willing. We have to make room for the Holy Spirit. It, it, the baptism in the Holy Spirit happens. By the way, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit into your life. But that, that is not the baptism that took place in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Those were people in the upper room who had the Holy Spirit. Jesus had breathed on those disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were saved. What were they waiting for? They were waiting to get more filled. Right. To 
put it in just good old southern terminology. They were waiting for more filling. Filling until you overflow. Not getting it, but being overflowing in the Spirit. See, Jesus didn't want the disciples to go out and start obeying Him and preaching the Word until they were drunk with new wine. That's why Paul wrote, don't be drunk with worldly wine, because that stuff doesn't work. You get drunk with that wine, nobody's going to get saved. But you get drunk with the new wine, and people will get saved. You'll cast out devils with the finger of God. The Holy Ghost will cause the function of the kingdom to manifest in your life. <laughs> and so, no one knows where those that are born of the Spirit come from or where they go. They're unpredictable. The devil can't figure them out. Why? Because the Spirit of God is moving them. And he's scared to death of a Spirit-baptized church. Not a church that has a sign that says Spirit-filled, but it's got people who are prophesying and praying in the Spirit and binding the enemy and laying hands on the sick and they're recovering and are taking the time and making it the prime uh, objective of their life to stay filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. And you know what? If that message doesn't fit with the style of your church and your ministry today because you're trying to have a different kind of ministry, then, like I say, if the if it rubs the cat's fur the wrong way, then let the cat turn around. Hallelujah. And that's what needs to happen. Our churches need to turn around and get back into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, how we need that Holy Ghost baptism today. Diagnose yourself. Do a little self-examination. If the trials of life have left you stiff, cynical, and touchy, and all of your predictions about things turn out negative, everything you see, and you make a comment about it, you see everything resolved in a negative way, then you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. That's all there is to it. It's a sign that you need to be filled. You need to go back down to the potter's house and let him reshape and resend you. When I think about what the Bible says about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, these words come to mind. Seek. If you say to yourself, how do we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? These words will talk to you about how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Seek. Receive. Listen. Honor. Obey. Grieve not. Yield. Conform and dwell. These all show that we were built to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We were literally designed. The human being is a vessel designed for one primary purpose, to be full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that when God made the very first prototype, He animated him by putting the Holy Spirit in him. He breathed the Spirit of life. And so these show that we were designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't function correctly when we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. The breath of the Holy Spirit animated Adam and filled the first Christians with the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't offer the baptism in the Holy Spirit as an option. 
He gave it as a command. It was not offered to those who have a special ministry or those who've got a lot of responsibility. It was a command to every Christian. Be filled and don't bother going out and trying to live a, the life of a witness without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? The baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't a bottle of champagne that Jesus christened the church with, boom, and sent it out on its voyage. It was the fuel that that, that ship runs on. We run on the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a touch, a dab. It's not a, when we think of an anointing, we think of an experience that comes and goes. But the Holy Spirit needs to constantly be poured out. The baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't God taking jumper cables and jump-starting the church. Like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein and his monster, and then send the monster on his way. That's why we have a church that's a little like a monster today. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is meant to be the power, the fire, the presence of God constantly being ingested into our souls and our spirit. Today, there's one basic simple answer for everything that we face. And Jesus said it when he pointed them to the upper room. He said, don't do anything until you sit there and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, don't leave that place. Stay filled. Come back get filled again, over and over. Can you say amen? So the one that's in you and I today that is greater than he that's in the world, the Holy Spirit, he's greater because he is able to put you back together. He's able to refill, refit, update, recharge, renew, revive, hallelujah, and resend you. Stand your feet with me this morning.